How to successfully manage conflict. You can resolve it and dissolve it or hold and mold. Conflict is inevitable. Trouble, stress, tribulation, and pressure. They're part of the marital experience. And if you and I don't learn how to resolve conflict, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And here's what I've discovered. The root cause of most separations and divorces, they come out, listen church, out of unresolved and unaddressed conflicts. Resolve conflict God's way or the devil is going to have his way. Resolving conflict should begin with the end in mind. The end is agreement. Well, that's easy to do if you both have agreed to submit to the word. What are some causes of conflict? Unspoken expectations. What is unknown can never be resolved. One of the ways that conflict starts is by avoiding conflict altogether. Some people feel like I'm just going to not, I'm not going to say nothing. You're creating an issue by not talking about the issue. Now these resentments starts taking place because you get mad at your spouse for doing something you haven't talked to them about them doing. Lack of communication or no communication altogether. It will hinder a marriage from resolving conflict. What you say and how you say it can make a difference. Can you say amen to that? Yelling and cussing and calling people's names and talking about their mama. That is not going to help the situation. Do you know it takes more self-control to not say something you want to say? You can be right and fight, or you can be reconciled and have unity and peace. Find a proper place where you can resolve the conflict without being interrupted. Don't do it in front of your kids. Don't resolve conflict over the telephone. Don't resolve conflict at work. You in your cubicle trying to... What y'all get home? Wait! Wait! <laughs> Identify the issue and stay focused on resolving that. Don't jump all over the place like Peter the Rabbit. Don't do that. Listen carefully. Men, listen carefully. Never take the other person's disagreement as not hearing or understanding your point. This is a big one. You should have a 24-hour period to resolve something. And if you can't resolve it in 24 hours, then you get somebody else involved because I believe in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. But if, listen, if you don't set a timeline, you put a, you give a foothold to the devil. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Good morning, married couples. Yes. I'm excited about being married. Being married is a blessing. Amen. Grab your Bibles, hold them up real high, repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. And as we present the gospel of Jesus Christ, your word says it is the power of God unto salvation. And I pray that today's word will bring salvation 
wholeness, healing, and deliverance in the marriages of many. And I thank you in advance that you're not bored of power, that you watch over your word to perform it, and that, Father, the word as we hear it and receive it, it will bring change into our lives. So I declare that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow our lives in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Do me a favor. Just uh, lean over to your spouse and give them a, a little smack. Go on and give it to them. Not a smack, not, a, not, a, not that kind of smack, but <laughs> have to clarify. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, so we're in our third week. Everybody say third week. We're in our third week for our relationship series. It is entitled Better Together. Look at your spouse and tell them we are better together. And if this is your first time joining us, as a matter of fact, if you're visiting us for the very first or second time, would you just wave at us? Wave, wave. Do we have any waivers? Yes, yes, yes. Come on, give our visitors a big hand clap this morning. And if you're viewing online for the very first or second time, please let us know as well. And so if you're here for the first time or if you're joining us uh, online for the first time, our 9 o'clock services for the month of September have been designed to uh, be split. So at 9 o'clock, it's for our married people and it's 11 o'clock is for our singles. And so if you're here and you're single, uh, that's fine. I'm just going to expect you to stay over and go over to our second service. Amen. And so I want to do something uh, as a result of this series. I want to ask everybody to go back and listen to the last two sermons again. So just look at your spouse and say, we need to watch it again. As a matter of fact, I want you to watch it again as a couple. Because I've said some things that have been very, very good in these last two messages. And here's why I want you to do that. Because faith not only comes by hearing, but it stays by hearing. I'm going to say that again. Faith comes by hearing, but it stays by hearing. And that's why you have to continuously hear the word of God. Watch this. So your heart can stay in faith. Amen. Now, if you're taking notes, our message title today is Maturing in Your Marriage. Maturing in Your Marriage. And the purpose of today's message is to show you that when you grow up, your marriage will go up. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that one more time. I, the message today is focused on if you and your spouse decide to grow up, then your marriage will go up. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. And uh, honestly, uh, I believe this verse right here can change your relationship in, in several ways. So I'm just going to read it, and then we're going to jump into the lesson, because I actually have four points today. So Paul said to the Corinthians church, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought like a child, but then he says, but when I became a man, read it with me, church, I put away childish things. Say that again. I put away childish things. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've been for a while, you've probably heard that verse. But you know what? I've never heard that verse taught 
in the relationship when it comes to marriage. I've never heard that and I've never taught that. And so there are three areas in this verse that we're going to look at today and focus on that I believe will help us in a marital relationship. So if you're taking notes, point number one is this. Marriage is not for children. Marriage is not for children. Now, this message is going to sting just a little bit. It's going to sting. You know how when they give you a shot, uh, when it first go in, it kind of stings a little bit? Yeah, this is going to sting a little bit. But marriage is not for children. Everybody say marriage, marriage. is not for children. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And unfortunately, many people, many of us, we look forward to falling in love, not realizing that love requires maturity. Now, when you look this word child up, you know what it means? It has a threefold meaning. It means a non-speaking infant. So when Paul was saying when I was a child, he was saying when I was a non-speaking infant, it means a minor. It also means a simple-minded person. And then lastly, I like this one, it means an immature Christian. He says, when I was an immature Christian, <laughs> I thought like one. I acted like one. I even talked like one. And see, our society, what's interesting is our society, we have, we have restrictions and standards on a lot of stuff. I mean, we have restrictions on having a driver's license. You can't get it when you're 10. Amen. We have a restriction on going to the military. You have to be a certain age to get into the military. We even have a, a restriction when it comes to getting married. However, it's just based on our physical age, but it's not based on our emotional and spiritual maturity. And this is why a lot of people, they get married and they are of age, but they are not of maturity. Amen. Many people are not spiritually or emotionally mature enough when they get married. And so there's a situation in the Bible we're going to read very quickly because I want to show you where Jesus knew his purpose, but he was not mature enough to carry it out. And just because you are, listen, you are old enough to do something, it doesn't mean you're mature enough to do it. Luke chapter 2 verse 41, it says, now he, Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, how old was Jesus? He was 12 years old. Let me ask you a question. Could Jesus legally get married here in the United States at that age? No, he couldn't. He was 12 years old and they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And so when they had fulfilled the number of days, they returned and the child Jesus, the what Jesus? The child Jesus, he stayed behind in Jerusalem and Joseph, his mother and his father did not know it. They suppose he had been in the company of family. Uh, and so as they went a day's journey, they went around their kinfolk to ask, hey, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? And so verse 45 says, and when they didn't find him, they turned back to go to Jerusalem after seeking him. Now, it ain't like us where we turn around in a car and go back, you know. No, it took them like days to get where they were going because they was walking or they was riding a donkey. It says, and after three days, they found him in a temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. But I want you to notice verse 47. It says, and they were all astonished at his understanding and answers. In other words, Jesus had a certain spiritual uh, mindset about himself. He knew some scripture. 
And when they saw him, his parents, they were amazed. And his mother said, son, why have you dealt with us this way? Behold, your father and I have been sorrowing. And so he said unto them, don't you not know I must be about my what? Father's business. And they understood not what he said. And so verse 51 says, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he was subject to them. He was what? He was subject to them. And if you keep reading, verse 52 says, and Jesus what? increased in wisdom and statue and in favor with God. And man, I'm glad he increased in wisdom because it wasn't wisdom for a 12-year-old to stay behind like that. Do you agree with me on that? Amen. The word increase there, when it says he increased with wisdom and stature and favor, it means to grow. And Jesus, listen church, needed to grow some more before it was time for him to face the cross. And some of us, we really needed to grow some more before we got married. But look at your spouse and say, it's too late now. It's too, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Here's a take-home statement that I want to give you. Sometimes we think we're ready, but we're not. And that's what's happening in marriages. We get married, and it's not until, watch this, mature situations come up that we realize we still have childish ways. So there are three areas where Paul said he needed to change in order to function as a mature man. So let's go back to our foundation of verse in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I did what? I spoke like a child, which now brings us to our second point if you're taking notes, which is your mouth shows your maturity. Come on, everybody say your mouth. Come on, look at your, your, your spouse and say your mouth. Shows your maturity. In 1 Corinthians 13, he says, when I was a child, I spoke like one, which tells me, listen, your mouth reveals your maturity level. And typically, listen, children speak without a filter. Have y'all figured that out yet? I don't know if you ever, your kids have ever done this, but I, I've seen kids, you know, that say the, listen, they might have said the right thing. They just said it at the wrong time. Your mother says, son, say hi to Miss Betty. And he says, but her breath stink, mama. (laughs) Well, one of these three areas that Paul describes exposes our maturity level as an individual within a marriage. And listen, and these are words that you and I choose to use. And see, here's the thing about a child. A child doesn't understand the gravity and the weight of words. They don't understand the power of the tongue. They don't understand the power that life and death has when they use words. They don't understand that. And so that's why as adults in a marital situation, we tend to say stuff that we shouldn't say because we're functioning in that point at a child level. Watch Proverbs 18, 21. He said, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And then I don't think it's a coincidence that the next verse, verse 22 says, and whoso finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You ever put those two together? Listen, first he says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And then he turns around and says, hey, listen, I want you to know that whoso finds a wife finds a good thing. Well, guess what? Adam's biggest contribution to God's creation was that he named all the animals. In other words, his words had a whole lot to do 
with God's creation. Listen to the message translation of Proverbs 18, 21. He says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. Everybody say poison or fruit. They're either poison or fruit. What else did it say? You choose it. You choose whether you want your relationship to have fruit or to be poison. And see, there are certain words in a relationship, in a marriage relationship, you shouldn't use. You, you shouldn't be using the word divorce. Thank you for that one good amen right over here to my right. Amen. You, should, you shouldn't use what I don't love you anymore. You shouldn't be using words like that. I don't care no more. You shouldn't use words like that. Amen. And then you shouldn't use them against your spouse. You don't love me no more. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Time out. Time out. Why are you saying that? If it's based on feelings, you're acting like a child. Okay. Okay. All right. I told you it was going to sting. I told you up front. When it comes to marriage, it's not just what you say that can hurt your relationship. Listen, church, it is also what you don't say. Because words have power. Everybody say words have power. Because words have power, then that means words have the power to heal. Words have the power to encourage. Words have the power to strengthen. Words like please. Are you still using these words in your relationship? Do you say please? Do you say thank you? First lady is so polite. Especially to me. She's very polite to me. And I have to, I don't struggle to be polite. I, I don't. I, I'm a pretty decent polite person. But you know, I have to consciously make sure that I'm showing politeness toward first lady. I ain't mean to. I treat her good. Trust me. But see, sometimes familiarity will cause you to stop saying thank you. He started opening the door back. And see, your attitude is he shouldn't have never stopped. Problem. Time out. Time out. Everybody say thank you. Thank you. Here's one. Here's some words we should be using that we may not be using. I'm sorry. Now, I know some of us grew up with parents who didn't say that. That's why we don't say it. And so what our parents did, they showed that they were sorry by doing something. But no, 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 no. You didn't sin against me by just actions. So repentance causes words to happen. Everybody say, I'm sorry. Here's another one. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And, and ladies, men need that. Come on, all men, clap. Go on, all. I'm going to give you permission to clap. So that way, she won't be, why you clapping? Why did you clap at church? I do appreciate you. No. <laughs> I appreciate you. Amen. And that goes both ways. I appreciate you, honey, for cooking if she cooks. Amen. Some of the men cook. Tell them you appreciate it. Well, I'm working too. Well, see, see, see. 
I appreciate you. Watch this. I'm proud of you. When your spouse achieves something, if something happens at work, if, if they achieve a milestone, if, 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 if they were able to keep the kids all day without cussing, just, baby, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Here's one. I love you. When was the last time you told your spouse you love them? Now, every day, every day, I mean, most of the time, 90% of the time, first lady beats me. She, she, I mean, as soon as her eyes open up, she's going to tell me she loves me. I try to beat her to it. I don't beat her to it all the time. But I be trying because I don't know. I don't want to wake her up. So, cause I get up first. So I don't know if she's up or not. So I, I you know, I'm like, I, I get it. <laughs> she beats me to it. And here's the thing, in order for your relationship to mature, listen, your words must mature. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. All right. The second area, very quickly, because I'm running out of time, that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. Here's the second part. He said, but I also understood how. I understood like a child, which leads us to our third point, which is your mindset is what causes upset. I'm going to say that again. Your mindset is what causes upset. This word understood, listen to what it means. It means to think. It means to feel. And here are a couple of verses. Uh, I may use one of them just for the sake of time. Uh, here's a, a verse that uses this word understood, but it uses it in a different English word. It's found in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Paul said, let this mind be in you. The word mind is the same word understood. He said, let this mind or the way you understand be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. The mindset that you had as a single person cannot be the mindset you currently have as a married person. Amen. The level of thinking that you had when you were seven cannot be the same mindset that you have as the age of whatever you are, right? You can't do that. And what happens when people get married is that people are grown in age, but they're immature in their attitudes. In other words, their age has exceeded their emotional maturity. And you can't have any, uh, listen, you cannot have an unhealthy emotional state as a person and have a healthy marriage. Paul said, when I was a child, I understood like one. I had a mindset like one. So what do children do when they don't understand? He said, when I was a child, I, I understood like a child. So let's, let's put this in children's terms. What do children do when they don't understand? I'm going to throw some out, and then if I don't cover yours, why don't you throw them out too? <laughs> children, they, they tend, when they don't understand, they tend to throw tantrums. Amen. They tend to rebel. You're holding their hand. So you, while you're walking across the street and they don't understand, they, want, they don't want you to hold their hand and they jerk your hand out of their hand. Not understanding is that the reason you're doing that is to protect them. So children to, throw tantrums. Listen, they rebel. Listen, children stop speaking when they get mad at you. Children pout. So look at your spouse and say, I think he done, turn, he done got you already. Go ahead and tell him. I think he done got you already. 
Children cry. There's nothing wrong with crying. But a lot of times children are only crying because they didn't get their way. The reality, so y'all, y'all throw out something real quick. What, do, what else do children do when they don't understand? Who? They just what? They just, they just do. They, hey, they just keep doing it or whatever. Uh, and then they get an attitude like, whatever, mama. Throw out some more. Who? Wow. That sounds like baby kids. He said they break stuff. Jesus. We don't want to give them no ideas. Give me one more. Who? They run away. Wow, that's a good one. They run away. How many of you ran away? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) The reality of how things happen is these children that we're talking about grew up to be adults. And if emotional maturity did not happen, then we, we lean to what we learned first. In other words, we respond and we react to what we saw, what we were taught or what was caught. And this sometimes keep the toxic relationships that we're in going. Watch this because what we saw and what we was taught and what was caught from our parents who weren't, listen, who weren't mature emotionally in a healthy way, we tend to do what they do. Which leads us now to why this happens in the third area, which is point number four. And that is, is your thinking why your marriage is stinking? First Corinthians thirteen eleven. he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood or had the mindset of a child. I Thought like a what? I thought like a child. This word thought means to reason, to calculate, to deliberate. I'm going to use the word to process. So he says, you know what? When I was a child, I processed that way. I deliberated that way. I reasoned that way. And to reason as a child is to reason, listen church, without reason. You ever ask your kids, hey, why'd you do that? And they didn't have a reason why they did it. That's what I'm talking about. And sometimes when children do something wrong and you ask them that, they have no answer for you. Why? Because they are still children. It's because when children, listen church, when children make decisions, they never reason with the big picture in mind. But a healthy person, a mature person in a marriage, always keep the bigger picture in mind, watch this, while dealing with the smaller issues. When you don't keep the bigger picture in mind, then you destroy not only the small issue, but the big picture too. And that's what divorce does. Divorce doesn't keep the big picture in mind. What it does is it deals with the smaller issue without the big picture. See, you didn't know your kids was going to have issues after you decided you were going to be gay now. I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm just talking about some people that's watching me. You decided you were going to be gay. How are you going to explain that to your two kids? Your three kids? 
Amen. Children are very wishy-washy in their decision-making because they make decisions from how they feel and not from facts and faith. When you're mature, you make decisions from facts and faith. Say amen to that. Now, I'm going to read Ephesians 4. I'm going to read the context, but I'm only reading it for one verse. But I, I have to read it so you can see it. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And he did that for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Then he says in verse 13, Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here's the verse I want us to see. That we, in other words, he's saying, look, you need the fivefold in your life. They're going to perfect you to do what God's called you to do. And as we all get perfected, he says, we, be, we become unto the unity of the faith in the body of Christ. And then he says, this is why. So we will no more be children tossed to and fro with every wind and doctrine and by the slight of men and, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. In other words, he's saying, listen, when you become mature, you know what? You don't become wishy-washy. You're not tossed to and fro. Oh, I want to be in a relationship. Oh, I don't want to be in a relationship. Oh, I, wa- I want to be with you. Oh, I don't want to be with you. I, I, listen, listen, make your mind up. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You will not have a stable marriage until you decide you're going to stay. Make your mind up. Well, he cheated on me. Well, do what you got to do then. No, 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 no. Because, see, you're using it as a threat and not as something to fix the relationship. Listen, either fix it or... That's hard, ain't it? So, no, because I see it. I see it. Spiritually, I see it. Some of you all are using past issues as present threats. Amen. Whew. Your mind is the gateway to your emotions. Once you hear something, once you see something, once you read something, then your mind is going to process what it thinks about it. And if you listen, if the way you think is not lined up with how God thinks, church, you know what's going to happen? Your marriage will suffer. Your marriage is going to go sour. And you will make carnal decisions in a spiritual relationship. So how do we mature in our marriages? I have two minutes to do this. How do we mature? Because that's the whole point of the message. How do we mature in our relationship? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke like one, I understood like one, and I thought as a child. And then here's the answer. He said, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul said, there are some things that I put away once I became a man, which now give us our final point. Here it is. You must put away what pushes your spouse away. I'm going to say that again. You must put away what pushes your spouse away. Amen. In other words, you must be willing to die for your marriage to live. Are you doing stuff right now that your spouse has told you they absolutely, absolutely, absolutely don't like? Why are you still farting in the bed? Why are you doing that? 
<laughs> Y'all should see some of these faces I've seen. Oh my God. Some of them looking like he said that and some of them saying like, oh my, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> if your spouse is okay with you farting in the bed, it's fine. But if they not okay with it, Get up out of the, you know it's coming. It's not like you don't know. It's not like it's sneaking up on you. I mean, come on now. <laughs> what are you doing that's pushing your spouse away? You must be willing to die for your marriage to live. Somebody's got to die. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, uh, verse 2 and 3, it says, Set your affections, your mindset on things above, not on things on the earth. Watch verse 3. I love this. He says, you know why? Because you are what, church? You are what? You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but it's not I that live. It's the Christ that lives in me. And the life that I'm living right now in the flesh, I'm living it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen to the Living Bible. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the real life I now have within this body is a result of me trusting in the Son of God. And that's what it takes to have a mature relationship. You got to trust in the Son of God. And you have to trust that God's word is true. And you have to trust that if God is for you, who's going to be against you? And you have to trust that when you do the word, God will revenge all disobedience when your obedience is complete. You got to believe that when you submit and surrender to the word, that guess what? He will cause your, your spouse. He, listen, the best conviction you can get is one that comes from the Spirit of God. So how do we do this? Number one, rate your maturity level when it comes to your marriage. Rate it. With one being, I'm an infant. I can't talk. I want a bottle. No, you can't say that when you're a baby. Rate yourself. Number one, being an infant. Number 10, you're mature. Number two, evaluate yourself to see what areas you need to change in. Number three, discuss these areas you need to change with your spouse. Sit down with them. Talk to them about it. Hey, you know what? I was praying and I feel like these are some areas that I need to adjust. Don't, don't do this. By time. <laughs> don't do that. Discuss these areas. And here's why you want to discuss them. So that you can be accountable to your spouse. Amen. Check back in with them. Say, honey, how, how am I doing? How am I doing? Uh, how am I doing with my mouth? Am, am, how am I, am I, am, how, how I'm doing? And when they tell you, don't be like, well, I didn't cuss none this week though. Well, that, no, but you cuss every day last week. And then here's the hard one. Ask your spouse what areas you need to change in. That's tough right there. You know, first lady asked me all the time. She's like, baby, how can I be a better wife? And and I, I don't have anything for her at that moment. I just, you know, because I'm the type, I don't hold stuff. 
I'm going to tell you. You don't have to wonder what I'm thinking. I'm going to tell you. No, I am. I, I'm not going to. Uh, no. And so I, I, if something was wrong, I'm, I'm the type that pretty much is going to say it so that way we can stay clear. Amen. And some of you, you've decided to live a shut down life. See, some of y'all right now, you're like, oh, my God. I really didn't want to hear the message this morning. You're conflicted right now. Because there's a part of you who loves your spouse. And there's this other part of you that is so irritated by some things. And and here's where the struggle is. You've talked about certain things over and over and over. So you feel like you're being disrespected because they're not listening to you. But let me give you a different perspective to the other person. See, let me say it like this. If you want to see change in your relationship, pray for them and not about them. That's it. Pray for them and not about them. So next week, I don't know how we're going to do it. I, I, I may do a renew your vow type situation next week. But we have the panel going on too. So I haven't figured out how I'm going to do this because I wanted to do it at the end. Because some of y'all going to get some deliverance next week. Yeah. I'm going to see demons going to be coming all out of the building. I'm going to be like, whoa. Some of y'all going to get some deliverance next week because you need it. And some of y'all just need to some just straight up counseling. And then some of y'all just need to adhere to what I've been teaching. Just, just, you know, your flesh don't want to do right. That's just flesh. But here's what's interesting about the flesh. The flesh wants the good results though. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you for every couple that is in the room. I thank you for the spirit of God using what has been said to bring conviction, to bring conversion, to bring change, to bring compassion where it's needed. Because some of what these couples are dealing with, their struggles that didn't even start with the person they're married to. It started way before they even met their spouse. And I'm talking prophetically, there are some marriages that are dealing with some dysfunction, but some of the dysfunction has nothing to do. You're taking it personal. When some of this dysfunction did not start with you and them, it started way before they met you. Dysfunction started in their family. It started in mama's mama's and mama's mama's mama. It's, it's, it goes way back. And, and so the only way that you're going to be able to walk through the valley is to understand it's, it's really not about you. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that compassion will be the thing that every marriage in this room experiences at another level a compassion of love to love a compassion to forgive 
A compassion to see it from the other person's standpoint. A compassion to know that, Father, things will get better because they have the Christ in them, the hope of glory. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. Can everybody say amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Morning. So.